Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Phil, and today we are talking about Jujutsu Kaisen Episode 3. It's called Girl of Steel, and it's the introduction to the new character, Nobara. And she was really interesting. She was more like a like tomboyish, kind of aggressive type character. And we're going to get into more about her in just a little bit. But it was a really great episode. We got to see her using her Jujutsu powers. And then we get to see a really, really good cliffhanger. And then kind of her backstory too. But a really great cliff cliffhanger at the end. It's going to be crazy next episode. It's going to be really good, hopefully. So let's start off the episode. So it's picking up uh, where we left off. We just get a little recap, the same as before. But it's uh, we're picking up the third student. They're going there. They go to Tokyo, and they're going to meet in Harajuku, which was uh, upon the request of Nobara that we find out later. So it's uh, Gojo goes with Fushiguro and Itadori, and they meet up with her. And then while they're waiting, uh, Itadori is talking to Fushiguro, and he explains why that there's so few students. So and then Fushiguro was like asking him, like, do you know anyone else that can see the curses? And then he's like, oh, that makes sense because he says they're pretty much few and far between, and there's not that many of people out there that can actually see the curses. So that explains it. And we get to see. Itadori in his new uniform so he just got it and it was modified by Gojo that we found out and he said that it was it was like a red hood that they had on there and they didn't really explain what was happening with that um they kind of left that open-ended but I'm, my guess is going to be something having to do with them either controlling Sukuna just in case you know Itadori loses control or something goes crazy or it's a way to track him in some way or like hide him I'm not sure because they said it was like a hoodie type thing that's my guess I'm not sure but uh, let me know what y'all think if on the hood it's like a red hood that they added so um we finally get to meet the new character Nobara and she keeps referring to uh Saori-chan is like somebody that we don't find out till much later in the episode and it's like it's panning over different shots of the city and for one it's like the bakery that she was looking at and that's just like foreshadowing for later on into the episode so when we meet her she's like she's watching this like scout this model scout that's like trying to recruit this girl that's walking by that's supposed to be like pretty and he's like do you want to do any work for us and then after she's like after she rejects him the guy is like moving away and then she's like what about me like she's like real aggressive like she's like you're not gonna ask me if i'm like worth like am i good enough and then he's like just trying to get away making excuses like oh i'm just busy i gotta get out of here and like she's just holding him and not letting him go so it's just it's just like giving us a glimpse of what her personality is like just really aggressive type and then uh when she meets a uh, fushiguro and itadori he's like he's got like some snacks in his hand he's got popcorn he's wearing these like dumb glasses too and we finally get introduced to her so her full name is kugisaki nobara and she says, be like, be happy, boys. I'm the one woman in the group. And then that's when, like, the credits cut. So a little bit about her. Her voice actor is uh, Asami Seto. And she's, she's, like, she plays a lot of supporting characters. I think she's, I'll have a list of some of the ones that, some of the other anime she's been on here on the screen. But uh, I really like her voice acting so far. I know her voice sounded kind of familiar. I've probably heard it in a few other anime. But the opening plays, and then just like a little fun fact in case y'all didn't notice, like towards the end, there's like the, when it has the MAPPA logo on it, it's when they're all under the tree. So in this episode before, it was just uh, Fushiguro, uh, Itadori, and then some other guy that I, we haven't really met yet. But now it's got the principal in there, and it's got Gojo. I think Gojo's already in there. It was Gojo, the principal, and now Nobara's in there. So it's just like adding more and more. So I think the more characters we get introduced to, the more that's going to be in there. And that's something I really like that when anime do that, when they add a little something extra as the story develops, 
into the openings. I really enjoy that. Or like if it has to do pertaining to the episode, like I know Gintama would be really good about that. And that's why it was one of the reasons I loved it. So it's, if y'all are one of the ones that skipped the openings, make sure y'all go watch that and check it out. See if, see if y'all missed anything. So a little bit about her. So we're back into her. So she's immediately just like staring. And I think she's verbalizing that she's staring at the two guys. And then she gets to see uh, Itadori and she's like this, he's like, he looks like a potato, like in her mind. Like he's just like a this dumb guy. He probably ate his boogers when he was a kid. Like he definitely ate his boogers. And then Fushiguro, when he introduced himself, he just said like his name and nothing else about him. So he thinks, she thinks he's like a stuck up guy and like thinks he's better than everybody. And it's like he was like burning animals, like the, the goals. I think she was referring to like the seagulls with the oil on them. So she was just like really bad impression of the guys right off the beginning. And, uh, so we get a Gojo kind of like wrapping everybody up. So since we got two country kids here, we're going to take everybody on a trip of Tokyo. So they get really excited. So either Lodi and Nobara like are doing like this little happy dance. They're super excited. They're saying like, oh, I love Tokyo because they're they're thinking they're about to go on like this huge like vacation tour type thing and see all these different places. And then like when Gojo's talking, they're like kneeling to him like they're just ready, like just showing so much respect. And Gojo says they're going to Roppongi, which I'm not really sure. I guess it's a city that's fun in some way. So but they're actually going on a different mission. So they get called to like this abandoned building that's right next to a cemetery. It's like it's got a lot of cursed energy and a lot of curse vibes going around with it. And they're supposed to exercise these curses that are inside of it. So that's the whole deal that they're going to do. And Gojo even says, think of it as like a field exercise for you guys. And this is when we find out that this is when Nobara finds out actually that Itadori ate one of the fingers of Sukuna. And he's got the he ate the special cursed object. And she thinks it's like super disgusting. Fushiguro was even agreeing with her. But that's when we find out that. Because Itadori wasn't sure how he was going to be able to fight the curses since he needs uh, cursed energy to exercise one. And then Gojo says he's pretty much half cursed now just because he was able to eat uh, Sukuna. So he's got that power anyway, but he's not really able to control it uh, yet. But what's gonna what, what happens is he gives him a cursed tool called the Slaughter Demon, which is like this really kind of like small one-handed sword he can use. And that's how he's going to be able to fight the curses while he's in there. So they're getting ready to go in, and something I, I liked and that I noticed is that uh, they I really liked the noise that Nobara had when she was putting on her belt, and just the animation they did with it. There's not really anything important, I just really enjoyed that. I just like putting stuff in there that I enjoyed. And uh, also, before they went in, Gojo says to Itadori that he's not allowed to use Sukuna. And the reason is he's he'd be able to take care of the curses really fast, but I think he'd call in even more curses and bring people in that shouldn't be involved, is what he was saying. So he can't use Sukuna, so he's just got to rely on his own strength. So for this mission, it's only Nobara and Itadori, and they're sneaking around, going through the different floors. And really the one being tested here, Gojo says, is Nobara. They're trying to see how she's going to react to the like city curses rather than the countryside curses. Because later we find out, there's actually quite a bit of information we found out about curses in this episode. But uh, that's kind of like her test, this little field exercise for her. So they're like arguing while they're going through. Uh, Itoro is giving her like crap about how curses are dangerous because she even suggested they wanted she wanted to split up with them and kind of finish up so they can go get sushi. But uh, she's like, I'll go to the top floors and I'll start from the top and go down. And you start from the bottom and then we'll just meet up from there and go floor by floor. But he's like, curses are dangerous. Like, you're not you're not going to be like, you need to like be careful. And then she ends up like kicking him, getting upset because like she didn't want to get like scolded from uh, like a newbie or a noob. I don't know. I don't know how she described it. 
So they actually do ended up splitting up. She goes upstairs and he stays where he, he is and he's like calling her like a bitch and stuff, and like being uh, mad at voice. She was he was getting treated. But as he's doing that, there's a curse that comes from the ceiling and it's like this kind of like a bug looking thing. It had like I think it was three legs and it had like the six pack thing and it had a nasty a lot of eyes on top. And then it tries to attack Itadori, but he was able to like block it and cut it instead. And then the, as it as he's like getting up from it. Uh, it says, do you need a receipt? This is what the curse was saying. So it's, it was probably like a worker in the area for, or somewhere in the building. So it's like a curse that went on from there and from the location it was made from. So in this situation, he thought he's like really quick to attack and like not ask questions and he doesn't hesitate. And even Gojo mentions that too, how that's something about him that he doesn't hesitate when he's fighting these things. And even though he doesn't have a lot of experience with curses, he's able to make these quick decisions and kill even if he even even though it's new to him he's able to do it and he's like saying he's got some screws loose up top and so that's good because you need to be kind of crazy so he's trying to figure out if nobara is crazy too because uh, a lot of these new sorcerers from like the jujutsu schools they get frustrated because they can't overcome their fear of like these nasty curses and the evil and the kind of things they've got to go through to be able to kill these curses so now it cuts to Nobara and it's upstairs and there's like this room with a bunch of mannequins at the back of the room. And then she's like, like, I know you're hiding there. Like you're not, like you're not fooling anybody. And then she attacks the, this middle mannequin that's right there. And her, her attack was pretty interesting. So she uses like a hammer, like a regular hammer and she had two nails and the hammer had like a little heart on the head of it or around that area. And she like infuses her cursed energy with it. And then she hits the nails in the air with the hammer and it, attacks her target i guess and what's also nice is that if they're in there she can like force it to go deeper and deeper into the whatever it's stuck in is what it seemed like and uh so the mannequin starts coming to life and the eyes come out and then she ends up killing it real quick just by making the head explode with the the nails she was using so it was really cool it was really cool animation during the whole thing and i like how the cursed energy looks it's like this black outline flame it's blue flames with like a black outline it's really cool I'm really liking these kind of animations and this fighting style. But after doing that, she finds that there's like a little kid hiding, like a little boy, and he's like pretty scared. And she doesn't, he doesn't want to go with her immediately. So she's like, I guess like kids are shy around pretty women or beautiful women. But then she's about to go and get uh, Itadori. And as she's saying that, he's like, don't leave me. And then another curse comes from the wall. And this one's really gross looking. It's like, uh, it's got these, it's like an ET, like a really hairy ET, like fat kind of bigger than that and it just grabs the kid and has a nail to its neck and it's kind of holding the kid hostage so he's making even though it's like a lower level curse is what they said it's like a three or four to even mention but these city curses have like developed differently than the country curses so they have this kind of like cunning is what gojo was saying so they're smarter and they're able to use like their intellect against the the jujutsu sorcerers so she's like debating whether or not what to do or whether she's gonna try to help the kid or just try to attack the the curse and she but ultimately first she was thinking that it's better in everyone's interest especially for hers for her to just live and then attack it and just don't worry about the kid but ultimately she decides to try to save the kid and so she gets rid of all her weapons puts them on the floor and she's she's got her hands up and she's like all right i give up and then the curse doesn't like comply with what she was doing it just starts smiling like real nasty with these big big teeth and so it's, it wasn't gonna um it wasn't gonna let the kid go so he's about to i guess it's about to attack both of them 
and all of a sudden Itadori punches through the wall and he's able to cut off the curse's hand and save the kid and as that's happening the curse is trying to run away like he gets scared he, he kicks the curse actually as that happens Nobara asks for the hand and he's like like they're just freaking out and then she opens up her jacket and she's got like this straw doll thing is what they said and it's like within her like just on the side right here and she gets it and as that's happening it jumps out the window the curse does and Fushiguro sees it and Gojo sees it and they're and he's like should I kill it like or I'm gonna kill that thing and then Gojo just tells him to wait and this is when we see um Nobara so she impales that straw doll with the hand with her hammer and nails like she infuses that energy with it and it was really clean animation I guess this is one of her stronger techniques because all of a sudden that curse just explodes out of different places with like these nails or spikes and then it ends up just disintegrating and dying so she was able to get the curse and that was a really cool attack and right after that happens we get thrown into a flashback so in, in the flashback we find out who the Saori woman is that she keeps referring to so it was this lady that moved from i guess she moved from tokyo to the village that nobara lived in when she was i think she even said first grade and she said she was as cute as a doll and as kind as a nun so it was just, i guess just describing the kind of person she was and immediately i guess upon her entering the village she was ostracized by the other villagers or the other citizens because they thought that she was better than them and they thought she thought they thought she thought that they were just like these lowly humans but she wasn't anything like that unless we she unless nobody doesn't have the whole story which we're not sure yet it might just be like her memories of how she's remembering this so they, the villagers keep like harassing her like a whole bunch so they're like piling snow up in front of her house they're graffitiing and damaging her property especially her car is what they kept showing like they just wrote different words like get out or like your car destroyed or they broke the window just stuff like that and so for the whole time it seemed like that Saori lady was being really kind to Nobara as a kid like she and then the the scene that why we were seeing the bakery and stuff early on was that the lady would always make this for Nobara when she was a kid and then she would say that like these are good but the ones that we get from the bakery are so much better so ultimately the villagers get what they want they drive her out of the city and then we don't really see her leave this is something i was like speculating on because all it shows after that was a sign and this is what the sign said it says this bridge is dangerous due to deterioration deterioration from age and can no longer be used and then after as soon as we see that we see a doll's head in the snow like just the doll so i didn't know if it was like hinting that Saori didn't make it back to Tokyo that was actually like she died from some reason maybe on the bridge but I didn't know I didn't let me know what you guys thought because I wasn't sure how to interpret that way that this, they showed us in that scene so because we hadn't seen Saori at all or she has it seems like she hasn't had any contact with her so it jumps back to the present time and it's back with Itadori and Nobara and she's freaking out that he was able to like punch through that wall and she's like what have you been eating to be able to do this and he's like it wasn't even reinforced he was like it doesn't even matter because like no human like no normal normal person should be able to do that and like as they're arguing he's like you've you've been asking a bunch of questions like let me ask you like why did you come to jujutsu tech or jujutsu school and she said it's because she hates the countryside and she wants to live in tokyo and it was just like a simple answer and then he's like, are you willing to risk your life just for that? And she also said it was because of money, something about the money. And then she said she can risk her life because 
in that way, she's still being true to herself, which is something that the principal even was like getting on to Itadori about. Just like be, make it be your decision, like be about you. So that's, even though it's a different reason, she's got a good reason that it's, it's her choice is what I'm trying to get at. It's her choice that she made. So it was a good reason. And then we get this monologue, and it said, If I had stayed in that village, I'd be good as dead, is what uh, Nobara is saying. And then she's saying, Saori-chan, I finally made it to Tokyo. If we meet again, take me to that bakery you mentioned. And I guess that was just the it. So I, I guess she hasn't had any contact with her. So she thanks Itodori, and then after that, she's like taunts him right away. She's like, I guess we're even now, and it's just, she's just going back and forth. It's just showing you that she's like, her personality is very like flip floppy like sometimes she's really sweet and then she can be like uh aggressive and kind of like joking around with them so right after that uh gojo and fushiguro are able to take the kid back to his home or show him how to get back but they're real happy they were worried and then nobody's mentioning how she gets like upset whenever she's angry she's in itadori's like when aren't you upset like <laughs> you're always in a bad mood and this is when they're trying to figure out where they want to eat. Like, this is, this is not super important right here. They just figured out where they wanted to eat. Uh, Itadori wanted steak, and Nobara wanted sushi. And then, like, uh, Fushiguro was just upset because he couldn't join into the exercise. And then this was, the, like, the super interesting part of the episode. It was this, like, I guess somebody recording or, like, it was like somebody was recording events that had happened. So this is what it said. This was, like, super cool how they did it, too. It had, like, the text going over, and then it had a scene, then it had text, and it had scene. So it was, like, log July 2018, West Tokyo City, Aishu Juvenile Detention Center. In the sky above the exercise yard, unnamed apparition of potential special grade. Its cursed womb was witnessed by several non-jujutsu sorcerers. And as after that happens, it shows us this, like, really gross... A golden ball kind of orangey golden ball and inside was like a, a it was like a, a fetus almost like a slimy like it was like slimy it looked like the inside of a womb for sure for real like when you see in like the movies like the sonograms and stuff but it was actually like a monster it had like teeth and like an eye was really far down and it was kind of big it seemed kind of big from the perspective we were given and then after that it said Due to the emergency nature, three Jujutsu Tech first years were dispatched to the scene, and one died. So I'm not sure what's being implied there, because I don't think they're going to kill off these first three characters early on. And if they did, it'd be super, it'd be a huge shock, because like we just got introduced to all three of these guys in like these first three episodes. But I'm really, that's why I was like, it gave us a huge cliffhanger at the end. And I'm really excited for the next episode. Episode four should be coming out this Friday. And then um, just to end the episode off, we wanted to give y'all some information we learned about the curses uh, in this episode. So for curses, the they, people associate cemeteries with fear. That's what gives it the energy and the strength for the curses. For the curses, uh, curses are also born from human minds. So being in a huge group in a huge town with a lot of people makes curses more abundant and more powerful. And Gojo says it's proportional with the population. And then curses in Tokyo are on a different level from the countryside. So, like, there's not a lot of people in the country. And then Tokyo is so compact and there's so many people there. So they're going to be a lot stronger. And not only stronger, but more, they'll have more intellect is what Gojo was saying. And that's, that's pretty much a lot of the little fun facts we learned about the curses and for future episodes. So the ending plays and then the last scene is they're fighting over where they're going to eat. And Itadori loses, like, rock, paper, scissors to decide where they're going to go. So they're going to get sushi, but Itadori decides 
where they're going to get sushi because he wanted like the little conveyor belt. But that was the end of the episode. That was the whole thing. Hope this wasn't that long. Uh, next time, it's episode four, Curse Womb Must Die. And from the preview, it looked like it's going to be really cool. It's like this little, I saw this little creepy, I don't even know what it looked like. It was, it was super awesome. But thanks for sticking around. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for watching. And I'll see y'all next time on episode four for Jujutsu Kaisen. Y'all have a great day. I'll see y'all later. Uh, peace. <laughs>